Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. Competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the fun? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. Take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Oh, that was a good one. It's very satisfying. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. On today's episode of Beer with Buffy, we're reviewing Season 3, Episode 3 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, entitled Faith, Hope, and Trick, with an ampersand, specifically, not the word and. Just throwing that out there. Yay! Woohoo! I wonder, do you, in your head, pronounce ampersands differently than and? Um, no. No, I see it, and I think and. Do you think maybe at some point in time in the history of the English language that there was a difference? Maybe? I mean, that's definitely worth looking up. It's just a really satisfying word to say, ampersand. And both halves of it are so close to and, but just differing enough that they had to say it twice just to tease us. I'm very satisfied with the fact that I can actually do an ampersand in writing sure very effectively nice yeah i've never been good at drawing it it's it's backwards from what most people think when they look at one but then again i think people should hire me to do children's drawings for movies (laughs) where there's a creepy children's drawing but children are better at drawing than me so they need somebody who draws like a child as as somebody who used to want to draw for a living and has seen your artwork <laughs> somebody needs to hire this fucker out there definitely good at the children's drawing to do children's drawings he give him some crayons and you are fucking golden <laughs> i got this actually you know what i i promise all of you that with this episode's release i will release some of the very first beer with buffy artwork (laughs) by yours truly joshua king (laughs) in fact i want you to send me requests what do you want to look like it was drawn by a (laughs) three-year-old but actually drawn by a 34 year old man (laughs) give us a call at 269 743-0783. If they're going to request something for you to draw, just message us fucking anywhere. I want to see this shit. Literally anywhere. (laughs) Like, text us on the Beer with Buffy number. Yeah. Yeah. We can take texts. We can do texts. Why not? It's not just for voicemails. (laughs) But we do love hearing the voicemails. Phones. They're not just for voicemails. We we were born in the 80s. We still use our phones like phones. So just throwing that out there. All right. Before we get too off topic, how about a mom synopsis? Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? Why are there two slayers again? I thought we finally killed one off and we didn't ever have to see a second slayer ever again. Well, apparently there's just... 
There's a glitch in fate, you see. Do you really need two slayers? Are you really such a whore of a boy that you need two <laughs> slayers? Wasn't one enough for you? You only have one mother. Actually, I have like three, but that's besides the point. I will kill all of them. There can only be one. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done with this. I'll go get your sword out of the basement. We're going to Highlander this shit. <laughs> like, don't forget, I have a stepmom and a surrogate mom. You have a surrogate mom? That's a story for another time. <laughs> I, Sorry, this is just a story I have not sure. actually heard. No, there's a family that I... Okay. You, you know them. You've met... Oh, you've oh, met, right. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua, stop talking about your other family that you like more than me. <laughs> I will not, but I will tell you about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We've got a new set of villains in town, and I, th I thought it was going to be the mayor, but it's not. It's just, he's a very old vampire, and apparently when a vampire gets very old... Their hands and feet become cloven like a pig or a deer. Yeah. Satyrs, I guess. Goats. Or they, they just have hooves because cloven is different than a hoof, I think. Is it? No, you're right. Cloven is different than a hoof. Yeah. Because cloven I, is separate. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So, so deer might not have cloven. Cliff Notes. Buffy gets back into Sunnydale because Snyder's an asshole and was overstepping his authority. We've got some new villains in town that die very quickly. Spoilers, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we have a new Slayer. And there's a surprise ending that I'm... We'll get there. Yeah, that's the mom synopsis. I can't wait to cut somebody's head off. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were going to Highlander this motherfucker, weren't we? I'll have you know, the only Highlandering going on around here is me. Thank you very much, because there can be only one Rex. Except for all the other Rexes. You are also allowed to exist. No, I every Rex I've ever met, I've, I've Highlandered. Until Rex cuts your head off. Yeah. Yeah. There can be only one. I'm sure... The Rexening will come to us all. <laughs> the Rexening. Yes. Jeez. Oh, God. How do you think I have gotten so much more powerful? Don't look at me like that. I'm powerful, goddammit. Yes, you are. Fuck you. Who's powerful? Anyway, we open up on... <laughs> <laughs> we open up on Sunnydale High. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Beautiful thing. Oh dear. Cold open. Uh, yep. Willow is giddy. And Willow's having some pre-adult anxiety. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So I've thought this before. I gotta package this in a way for our listeners to understand it. So I have a dear friend that I have known for Almost half of my life now. You're friends with a deer? I don't think you're supposed to be friends with no, wild animals. No, a deer animals. friend, as in she is dear to me. Is she cloven hoofed? No, well, no. for fuck's sake. Um, but you know her, and the the entire bit here with Willow... I'm going to imagine her as a deer every time I think of her now. <laughs> That's okay. She'd <laughs> probably be fine with that. Yeah. She doesn't particularly like being human, so We it shall, here for on out, call her Bambi. 
<laughs> she is a Disney fan. Yes. But anyway, it was this scene specifically with Willow and Willow's panickiness over leaving school campus that made me realize why in the hell I love Willow so much. And Emily is basically Willow. Huh. Oh my God, you're kind of not wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of prisoner anxiety, though. You know, when you've been institutionalized for so long. Right. You don't know what else to do with yourself yeah. when they release you. Yeah. And then you end up going to the same fucking boarding house that Red went to and get busy living or get busy dying. Who was Red? Oh. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. <laughs> I'm sorry. God damn. Okay. I'm a little ashamed of myself. But yeah, Willow's super did you, panicky about Did you prepare campus. the wet noodles for this episode? The wet noodles? The wet noodles. I need to be lashed. Was was that on my list? Was I, I was I supposed to do you're that? You're supposed this time? to have wet noodles for every episode, Rex. How many times <sighs> have we been over this? You have to put it on the list every week. Uh, see what I have to deal with, everybody. <laughs> this is what I have to work with. I don't know how to do it anymore. Well, to just remember next week, wet noodles. I'm not going to remember that. I know, but I'm still going to hold you accountable for it. So, the Willow, so, so Willow's standing on the curb like a hobbit trying to leave the Shire. <laughs> what about second breakfast? All right. We need to move f- faster through this. Yeah. We're a little behind, huh? Oz and Xander both grab a hold of Willow and carry her off campus. Yeah, and she's all panicky. Like, push her out of the airplane style. <laughs> they walk, like, barely 50 feet from, from campus. I really want a job pushing people out of airplanes. <laughs> I mean, it would probably be with skydivers, but, you know, I'll take a job pushing people out of airplanes without parachutes, too. That would be fun, actually. Just push, like, be the <laughs> guy, like, just have a, like, you have one special boot that you wear for the job <laughs> this is my kicking boot yeah <laughs> <laughs> when the per- when the person stops at the door you're like oh today's the day i just finished lacing up my kicking boot mm, don't even get anything man i have all of these discarded teddy bears here you may have one I meant like a parachute or something. <laughs> nope. Here, this teddy bear is a backpack. That's like a parachute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I imagine an actual like teddy bear backpack that is a teddy bear that yeah. is also a backpack. So you like open exactly. a zipper on the teddy bear's neck to like get things out of it. Yeah. <laughs> You can also put discarded animal parts inside of it so that you feel like you're gutting it. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. They leave the school grounds. They go 50 whole feet to the park directly in front of school where Buffy is setting out a picnic for him. Yes. We get a fun little bit because they're walking as two couples, Oz and Willow, Xander and Cordy. They are. And they see Buffy, but Buffy doesn't see them. And they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't walk up as couples. And Oz goes, okay, decouple in one, two, three. And they decouple smoothly and gracefully. Cordy's line here was one of my quotes of the day. She says, oh, you mean because of how the only guy that ever (laughs) liked her turned into a vicious killer and had to be put down like a dog? Xander replies, man, can she cram complex issues into a nutshell or what? 
to be fair, Cordy, there was another dude who liked her. Yeah. No, there's been plenty of dudes that liked her. Like, that was a bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, she still agrees, and they all decouple in three, two, one. And they do it smoothly. Very smoothly. Like it was practiced. Yeah. They and even, you know like, what? Knowing them, it probably was. They even spread and alternated. It was perfect. Yep. Uh, and the, all for Buffy. All yeah. for the sake of Buffy. That was very nice of them, I yeah. thought. I thought as well. Yeah, she's so they, they she's get very up, insecure. They get up to Buffy, and Buffy's been Martha stewarding it up. Because what else is she going to fucking do now that she's not in school? <laughs> right. But, you know, she's just had a lot of time on her hands. And I think Oz said something funny about, but does Martha Stewart slay? And I think the distinction was, she can, but does she? Or something like that. I didn't yeah, write it I down. didn't write that part down. But the, I, I did write uh, Willow's line here. Because yeah. she's like, oh, Buffy, you're like ready to date. She says, or do that thing with your mouth that boys like. Oh, not, not that bad thing with your mouth. I meant that like half smile thing. You, you're you're supposed to stop me when I do that. And Oz responds with, "I like it when you do that." Yeah, those two are <laughs> too fucking cute together. Too cute. I only notated that as Willow has another cute, awkward anxiety e moment. Uh, I even put a dash between the two Y's on anxiety e. But they're talking about how Buffy is just trying to get back to a normal kind of life yeah so buffy says i just want to do normal stuff willow says like date and xander says oh you want a date i saw that half smile you little slut and gets punched and fucking deserved every goddamn second of it 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 doesn't matter how fun loving and well-intentioned you are delivering that line you're a fucking dick now yep and that was a Slayer punch, too. It looked like it... I did love Nicholas Brendan's uh, facial expressions that he portrayed here. Because he, like, takes the hit and he's a, he gives a smile. And then you see his face slowly goes into... Oh, God, that hurts so much! <laughs> Nicholas Brendan really is a fantastic actor. Definitely agree. Because... Xander as a character is shit, but that's on the writers, not on Nicholas Brendan. Definitely. His delivery is almost always fucking spot on. Frankly, his performance is the only thing that saves the character. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. And then, so Willow points out this dude, Scott, which <laughs> is perfect timing because I wanted to say they give him some Xander-esque lines later, or at least one that I can think of. And he makes me appreciate Nicholas Brendan's acting. Yeah. Because I'm just like, wow, you really missed the delivery on that. Yeah. But I'll mention that when we get there. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a weight. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Meantime, so there's this dude, Scott, that has a crush on Buffy that I don't think we've ever actually seen in the show before. No, we have not. They definitely picked a a B actor because they didn't want us to get too attached, which is fine. Definitely agree. And he's not worth worth being attached to. (laughs) No, absolutely not. For other reasons that will also come up later. He's very mayonnaise. Yeah, like he's not a bad dude. Anyway, we'll get there. So Buffy says... In response to Xander, after hitting him, rightfully, yes, I want a date. Go shopping, go to school, hang out, save the world from unspeakable demons. You know, girly stuff. 
<laughs> and then we cut to the Happy Burger, and we're still in the cold open. Yeah. Happy Burger, by the way, has the creepiest fucking fat guy mascot ever. I said the same damn thing. <laughs> that statue or sign or whatever you want to call it needs to not exist. It looks like a clown that somebody found at a bazaar. It's like Big Boy's inbred cousin. <laughs> yes, exactly. What? I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> and for those of you who live outside of the U.S., Big Boy is actually a pretty decent restaurant that we have here. I don't even know if it's outside the Midwest of I, the it's U.S. It's not even in our city anymore. I think they took a big hit with some economy bullshit. I know the, there's one in Battle Creek, which if, is the next city over. If you've ever watched Austin Powers 1, the Big Boy statue is like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> rightfully so right they clearly just got you know sponsorship from big boy to make that movie and had to work in their logo somehow <laughs> back where they when they were relevant <laughs> <laughs> where that might have been what put them out of business i don't that know might be i don't know there's still some around and i still like their food so anyway we get a limo pulling into happy burger he ordered just a medium drink i that's how i know this guy's a fucking villain he went through a drive-through in a limo to order a diet medium soda. Right? That's just wrong in every way. I do want to mention this that uh did you notice the drink that they gave him? Did you notice that that drink size that they handed him today would be labeled as small? Oh, I mean yeah. Depends on where you go, really, but no, most places. Obviously, a lot of places, you know, their large is actually like a triple extra large, like a fucking goddamn bucket. McDonald's finally figured out that people know how much a fountain drink actually is worth, so now you can just get any size for a dollar. Yeah, um, good call, guys. But yeah, we were introduced to uh. Mr. Trick. Mr. Trick. We, we don't, don't learn his name in this scene. Don't know his name yet, but his name's Mr. Trick. I did write down the uh, main villain of this episode, his line. He says, I'm going to rip her spine from her body. I'm going to eat her heart and suck the marrow from her bones. Oh, wow. You did that a lot better than I probably could have. I don't, I'm not very good with deep growly shit. I... Had a big thing for Batman years ago. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pants. Fucking hockey pads. I could have sworn he said pants. It's pads. Ah. F- <laughs> so what? that's how awful that Batman voice is in that <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. So but, after he says that, Mister Trick is like, man, now I'm hungry. And this is when we learn that Mr. Trick is a vampire. He's a vampire. The camera moves to the same view we had when he grabbed his drink from the drive-thru. Yeah. And he reaches out, grabs the dude through the window, and rips him out of the the drive-thru window. Uh Uh-huh. Taking part of the window with him. And this moment actually startled me. (laughs) Like, I was not expecting it. It, Because there's... 
when it's just them talking in the limo, it's a very quiet kind of conversation. And then all of a sudden, bam, Mr. Trick is killing a dude. Yeah, which just to recap, Mr. Trick's talking about, man, Sunnydale's a real nice place and all sorts of spooky stuff goes down here and ain't nobody saying boo about it or whatever. His boss is like, we're here to kill the Slayer. And that's where we get the line you just said. So just a little bit of expository information and then ripping a drive-thru guy through the window and they drive away with him flailing. Hanging, yeah, hanging out the goddamn window. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then we get the opening credits. And I just want to say that drive through worker really got what he deserved. He, what? <laughs> he took the length of time of that entire villain's opening speech to get a medium diet soda. And he served it with a straw without asking. And that's what's killing the planet. <laughs> So, this was in the 90s. It wasn't killing the planet that we knew of yet. It was, but we didn't know of it yet. But I'm still holding him, the actor, personally accountable. <laughs> the actor? For that, oh yes. Oh, my God. Not, well, I mean, I can't hold a fictional character personally accountable, Rex. So that actor. I mean, yes, you can. I'm going to look you up. <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm going to report you to fucking PETA or whatever animal you were torturing. Yeah. You can't report things to PETA. Also, if you'd like to come here so that we can interview you on the episode, we'd be happy to have you. No. I'll have a whole bucket of straws for you, you murderer. Anyway, opening sequence. (laughs) We go to the opening sequence, and then we go to the bronze. The bronze. And immediately you learn that Buffy's dreaming because Angel's there. She's dancing with Angel. I thought she was dancing with Scott for a moment. Yeah, there is a moment. I was like, wow, she's being all sorts of rubby-dubby lovey. Angel didn't seem as tall in this scene as he normally does. Maybe she was wearing heels. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, so uh, her pina colada ring falls off. Yeah. The effect that they have where Angel picks it up and then he has blood coming out of his hands and then blood spreads on his chest where he was stabbed. Yeah, no small amount of bleeding problems. Uh, (laughs) Definitely not. I think he needs to get checked for anemia. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think of that. Excuse me. You seem to be bleeding through your chest. (laughs) Quite a lot, actually. Uh, anyway, Zombie Angel is angry. Yeah, and he tells Buffy that she's going to go to hell. Well, have you seen the way she dresses? <laughs> <laughs> like a human and with dignity. <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly going to hell. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. But yeah, Buffy wakes up and she wakes up, pulls the ring out of the drawer. It's still there on a necklace. Mm-hmm. And then Joyce busts into her room and says that and she's they're... like, if you like pina coladas, bah, 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 bah. no, and getting caught in the rain. I hate that song. It's a, I, it's a fun. I like it. It's about cheating and poor communication in a relationship. Then why did Angel give her a pina colada ring? It's not a pina colada ring. It's a colada ring. And it is an Irish traditional piece of jewelry. It's a penis colander ring. 
Why are we straining penises now? Anyway, Joyce busts in and says it's time to face the beast. Talking about Snyder. Talking about Snyder. <laughs> uh, I love that Joyce hates Snyder too now. Didn't she used to be like, oh, I'm sure he's got a perfectly good reason for everything. He's the principal. Yeah, exactly. No, she doesn't feel that at all. And mm-hmm. I love it. Nor should she. But yeah, Snyder. So we're go jump to Snyder's office. Yep. And Snyder basically gives the list of things that Buffy has to do to be able to be allowed back in school. Uh, first, she has to make, do makeup tests for all the classes that she missed, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, it mentions that she needs a letter of recommendation from faculty who is not an English librarian. It's a bit specific, really. <laughs> and then requires her to see the school psychologist to determine that she no longer has violent tendencies. Yes. Who must conclude that her violent tendencies are under control. That is correct. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Farley. What fucking school has a school psychologist? Oh, you know, I was thinking the same fucking thing. Like, they've got a goddamn steam room, um, multiple lounges. We grew up in the wrong fucking area of the U.S., I think. Yeah. An exterior hallway that actually goes to classrooms. Yeah. I, dude, like the other side of the country. I want a fucking promenade, goddammit. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they bring up the fact that Snyder didn't have a fucking choice but to bring Buffy back to school because of what the school board said. Yeah. And I wrote down Buffy and Joyce's quote here as a quote of the day. Buffy says... I'm really back in school because the school board outruled you. Wow. That's like having your whole ability to do your job called into question. And Joy steps up and says, I think what my daughter is really trying to say is, na 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 na. And as they leave, Snyder gets a phone call. Mayor on line one. He does not look pleased about this phone call. No, he looks downright scared. Yeah. (laughs) And Odo runs in and he's like... You look a little worse for wear, Quark. Do you need a back rub? <laughs> I thought you were my chair, Odo. No, I stopped doing the chair thing. Poor, poor Quark. <laughs> I mean, if Odo stopped doing the chair thing, then that that's no more happy ending to the chair usage. Because <laughs> you know that's what they were doing, right? Phrasing. <laughs> no, I meant it the way it sounded. Oh, my. <laughs> I took it to the dirty place, goddammit. <laughs> Why you gotta take it to a sexy place, Rex? Ew. I need to watch some more Deep Space Nine because you... I'm, I'm running out of... <laughs> I need more Quark and Odo material and I'm running out of time. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving along. Uh, so then we cut to the library. So Willow and Buffy are walking into the library and Willow is going on about how Giles is too English to be properly mad. <laughs> Willow goes full foot in the mouth for the first to the knee for the first <laughs> time this episode. This is definitely oh wait no for the second time this episode yeah. already. Oh no, she does it a lot. That is a pattern in this episode, and uh, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, and so. <laughs> She's talking about him making, knowing when he's mad because he just makes this clucking sound with his tongue. 
But he's behind the counter and he stands up and Buffy's like, hi, Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) And Giles jumps right to business and he wants to do a binding spell. And he needs details about the the Akathla bullshit. And Buffy's like, Giles, contain yourself. Yes, I'm back in school. But you know how it embarrasses me when you gush. So let's just skip all that and get straight to work. Which I thought that was some grade A plus sarcasm. Yes. Primo. Excellent sarcasm presentation there, Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes. Polished. <laughs> Good shit right there. I would buy that on the street under a creepy man's trench coat. Hey man, you got any sarcasm? You gotta wash it first. I got all the sarcasm you can handle right here. Oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> you know that's not regulated on Deep Space Nine. Anyway, um, Giles is like, of course, it's wonderful to have you back, but uh, you enjoy making me say it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And she does. She does. Yeah. And he says it. And he means it. So Giles is specifically looking for information about um, Akathala because he's working on a binding spell to make sure that the dimensional vortex is sealed properly. Yep. Um, and Buffy really only gives him the cliff notes. And I'm like, you're leaving out a very important part. Yeah. Turns out that's pretty, that's like, uh, this is a thick, dense episode. A lot of shit happens in this episode. It really does. And they do a really good job of making this a running theme that Giles is trying to figure out what happened with the closing of the Vortex that evening when Angel died. And it's it's executed perfectly. Yes. Yes, it is. But then Buffy says, oh, I have to go make up an English or do an English makeup test. Mm-hmm. And she says, they give you credit for just speaking it, right? And this brings <laughs> up a good point. I've always been annoyed that they call it English. It really Shouldn't sh- it be lit in writing? Or grammar or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's definitely misleading. Because then it leaves it wide open for when you're failing in English class, people are like, isn't that the language you speak? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, how many fucking texts have you mistyped today already all of them probably but willow really 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 wants to do this spell and giles kind of lectures her about the dangers of getting into this sort of shit yeah we're starting to see giles get a little concerned about willow's interest in um He's he's very concerned with her getting into black magic. Right. But he, he directly accuses her of, he's like, what have you been conjuring? And she even asks, like, are you mad at me? And did you write down his ending line here? Oh, of course I did. Of, I figured you did. <laughs> so she's like, are, are you mad at me? No, of course not. If I were, I'd be making a strange clucking sound with my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Proof that Giles is one clever bastard. And one tactful son of a bitch because he did not let on at all that he heard everything she said. Exactly. And he held on to it until the perfect moment to wittily throw it back at her. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Yep. And then from here, we cut to the actual bronze. The real bronze. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And fun little fact, the band that is playing here is Darling Violetia. 
Yeah, Darling Violetia. Oh, and my darling. Oh, my darling. This band that is playing actually made the theme music for Angel. Oh, my darling. What was it? Valentia. Valentia. <laughs> darling Valentia. Sure. And this band actually wrote and performed the Angel theme music for the Angel show that starts next season. That's really neat. Yeah. I'm very interested that you told me that just now. Why do you sound sarcastic when you say shit like that? It's a real problem that I have. <laughs> I know. I'm not actually being sarcastic. Just everything I say comes out <laughs> sounding sarcastic. The thing is, is that's actually kind of true. You you more often than not sound sarcastic when you're not being Which sarcastic. There's actually a whole Kids in the Hall skit about that. The overly sarcastic dude that... And you never, you're never really sure at the end of the skit. <laughs> Was he really being sarcastic, or is he actually just having problems sounding sarcastic when he's really serious? It was a brilliant skit. <laughs> anyway, from seeing the band, we we pan over to seeing Willow and Oz making out hardcore. Mm-hmm. And then Buffy shows up and says, "Don't let me interrupt," as she interrupts them making out. Willow takes one look at Buffy and she's like, is she all glowy? She's dressed to fucking kill, man. Yeah? Yeah. It's funny because even after she said that, I <laughs> I just never really paid too much attention to that kind of stuff. But Oz is like, I suspect happiness. Some about Oz's lines and the way Oz and Willow's lines in tandem. Yeah. They're just so, they're so damn perfect for each other. It hurts. Anyway. It does it hurts a lot. So Scott drops in immediately and is a terrible liar. You know, he went to the same school of subtlety that Willow did. Yeah. I mean, lying <laughs> is one thing, really, but tact is entirely another. Uh, it, it's not. I'm awful at both. It's not lying to not mention that Willow told him to show up so that he could run into Buffy. No, that's true. That's it made everybody awkward. But whatever, I don't know. I it, it it added charm to the situation, though. He does. He executes it well enough that it it doesn't give him negatives. Yeah, no. It it absolutely spoke to his character, though. Yeah, like it's definitely the kind of guy that Buffy would need to go for in her fairly damaged state. And he he asks her to dance, and she hems and haws and doesn't really have an answer. And he handles it really well. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and stand by the dance floor. And if you change your mind and you want to dance, just come over and find me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pushy. I'm not all about heavy sales. Uh, if you want to buy the mattress, you give me a call. Here's my business card. He does exactly what the swimmer dude from that one episode said that he would do. Except I... And I, then failed. I'm more convinced that Scott really meant it. No, he definitely does. He yeah. do, he executes it very well. Yeah. He's not a douche nozzle. <laughs> douche. But he specifically says, well, when you're ready to dance, you just mosey on over. And after he walks away, Oz is like, you know, bonus points for you, the use of the word mosey. Definitely. Oh, and I'm since I'm keeping tally of Willow's foot and mouth moments, <laughs> this was one of them because Scott oh, was yeah. like... Because uh, she specifically asks him, Scott, what are you doing here? And he says, well, 
you told me to drop by around eight because I might run into Buffy. And she puts her cup up to her face and pretty much tries to hide behind her drink. They've definitely got like those solo cups that nobody ever puts anything in but alcohol. Yep. When did the bronze start serving in solo cups? Aren't they a coffee and I think baked goods? I think it is a bar and coffee place. I they're definitely serving underage people though. Yes, they are. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. We're Why get, do you think everyone fucking hangs out there? We're gonna get you in trouble, bronze. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna report an actor for their actions as a fictional character. <laughs> And I'm going to get a fictional location in trouble. Oh, you have to call the fictional Better Business Bureau. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, 1-888-89-10345-6789. Fred. Um, Good call, back. Fred, give us a call. Give it, We need a new jingle. And yeah. You're our jingle composer. Give us a jingle for the actual number, then maybe I'll actually remember the fucking number. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So then we get our first glimpse of Faith. As she is dancing on the dance floor with a dude who is unquestionably from the 70s. Oh, yeah, because Cordy comes over yep. and immediately calls somebody a slut. I think she was talking yeah. about Faith. And I'm like, wow, that's just a bit harsh. But so she's like, who's the last band that guy danced to? Casey and the Sunshine Band? And Buffy's like, I don't think he thrives on sunshine. Buffy, put a quarter in the dad joke jar, all right? Right. Jesus. I wish we could... I wish there was a visual component to this show because then we'd have a little counter in the corner of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Buffy dad joke. Yeah. Because ding. Ding. <laughs> yes. No, this is kind of a callback to and the very beginning of the show, though, when she was up in the rafters with Giles and she's like, that one's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't done this <laughs> trick for like three seasons now. Yeah. So that's neat that that's still a thing that's happening. Um vampires that haven't learned how to keep up with the times showing up at the bronze. Yeah. I think we also, we need a tally for several things in this episode. Uh, well, I was going to mouth willow foot and mouth for every time Cordelia or Xander calls somebody a slut. Yeah. Okay. So that's really only one each, but that's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Slut is dropped twice in this episode. It and is. that's just not cool guys. It's, it's off putting. Very. Yeah. I was actually surprised to hear it. Yeah. That's a, that's a very taboo word these days. Yeah. Um, even when you're talking about slut shaming, like that's pretty much the only context that I find it acceptable anymore. Yeah. Is I, talking about how not cool it is to call somebody a slut. Uh, even if you're really mad at somebody and you're trying really hard to shame them for something... That's the wrong place to take it because with, you know, polyamory being a much bigger thing. Exactly. And it, like there it's even still an uncomfortable word sometimes with people who self-identify that way. Yeah. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily.
So they run outside. They're Buffy's chase. Well, she runs into Scott first. Yep. And he thinks she's coming to dance with him. And she's like, eh, about that, I have shit to do. So she runs outside. Cordelia's like, they're probably just making out. And Willow's like, that's not what making out sounds like. Unless I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, because there was a crash in between. <laughs> That, that was one of those laugh out loud moments for me. Yeah. And yeah, it was fantastic. For a moment, because I didn't recognize Faith, I was not expecting any of what comes next. At first, as the fight started, I thought she was going to turn out to be the vampire. But, oh no, it's Faith, and she's another Slayer. Well, shit, I forgot about her altogether. And Oz is like, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's a new Slayer in town. <laughs> this was filmed in 1998. Sure. She was born four years before us. Okay. So she is the actual, like, around the actual age. She's the one from this whole fucking goddamn TV show that isn't in her (laughs) mid-twenties. Yep. And she's cool and hip and sexy, and she's going to make Buffy super depressed real quick like here. Yep. And cue Buffy self-pitying mode go. So we're back inside. Faith is regaling them with her own Slayer stories, uh, specifically one where she was nude. Hello, nice guy, Xander. And Xander's like, we didn't miss you. Wow, they should film that story and play it every Christmas. (laughs) And okay, that was fucking funny. It was funny. It's not nice guy, Xander, yet. And I can't say I disagree with him. Right? Especially with her delivery of the story. But, you know, again, with the tact. Men in the show have tact problems. Faith finishes telling her story, and she's like, isn't it funny how slang always makes you hungry and horny? And Buffy's like, sometimes... Everyone looks at Buffy. <laughs> yeah, they're like, do you confer? Do you confer? Or do you concur? Yeah. She's like, shit, I should have concurred. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> no, she's like, sometimes I crave a non-fat yogurt afterwards. <laughs> and Cordy thinks this is the best time, and frankly it was, Uh, For her to lay out her theory that there's uh, of why there's another new Slayer. Basically, there's a glitch in fate. And now every time a Slayer dies, a new one is chosen. There's there's just two of them now. And so I I wrote down how I think the new opening should go. You know, the the, every generation a Slayer is there can be only one or well, sometimes two, but there's there's only supposed to be one. Every generation, uh, or or how, however many, based on technical deaths in this case, two two slay two slayers every generation. <laughs> yeah, two. It's two now. <laughs> That's the new opening. We got this. Oh man! <laughs> every generation, two. Is it is it three now? Come on, guys. I. <laughs> I would like to call back to this later, but But. I don't want to fail to forget to call back to it later. Sure. Buffy dies again. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. When she dies a second time, there is not another Slayer born when she (laughs) dies the second time. Because she already died once. Right. So. So really, she's the glitch. Yeah. Officially, by the books of the current chosen one is Faith, not Buffy. Buffy is the Slayer because she was the Slayer and then died, but she's the glitch. She just didn't lose her powers. Exactly. Interesting. I had not thought of it that way, but I agree. That makes more sense. That definitely puts her conversation that's coming up with Joyce 
in some new context. Right? So back to their uh, their little powwow here. Xander can't get over the whole naked thing that Faith is talking about in all of her stories and interrupts Buffy as she's about to start telling her story about the rocket launcher with Rasmataz. Yeah. And so Faith is talking about wrestling a fucking alligator and Xander's like, is this also naked? I fucking loved her response. Well, the alligator was. <laughs> right. Did you did you see the same thing in in your head of stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself water tastes good glub glub no I didn't but now I will if I ever rewatch this so but Willow has some very important uh, Willow and Oz have some very important questions for Faith. Before this, had you ever heard of the phrase five by five? I had not. Deriving from context, it means good. I really want to know the origin of five by five. Yeah, if you know the origin of five by five, give us a call. 269-743-0783. It's a real phone number. You can leave us a real voicemail or send us a real text message. You can use your real voice to talk to us with our real ears on a digital platform, but it's still real, technically. <laughs> Actual reality. Unlike fake doors. <laughs> fake doors. <laughs> now we're uh, way up in the butthole, Morty. Um, so, so Faith's official stance on werewolves is as long as you don't go scratching at me or humping my leg, we're five by five. Yeah. So. And I don't think that will be a problem for, for Oz. That doesn't seem like an issue at all. And so Faith's all like, hey, Buffy, we're like going to party because we're all watcherless and shit. And Buffy's like, what do you mean watcherless? Very fast cut to the library. Where Giles reveals that he was not invited to the watchers retreat. Yeah. Can I ask? So. <sighs> It, maybe he's not the one watcher who's watching an actual fucking Slayer right now. I mean, I, first of all, I don't understand why there's a whole damned council of watchers. And Giles is like the currently active one of two in the entire council. And they didn't yeah. invite him. Which there's only supposed to be one a generation for fuck's sake. And for a Slayer, because you're supposed to get a Watcher before you're even a Slayer. You're a potential. Yeah. And you get a Watcher. It seems to me that the moment that a Watcher's potential Slayer is called and becomes the Slayer, that that should elevate that particular Watcher up a few fucking ranks for yeah. fuck's sake. That's like going from being an adjunct instructor to being a tenured professor yeah come on come the fuck on it's bullshit that he was not invited absolutely bullshit we should figure out what kind of deal this is i mean is it a gathering a shindig or a hootenanny well gathering is brie mellow song stylings shindig dip less mellow song stylings perhaps a large amount of malt beverage and hootenanny what's chock full of hoot just a little bit of nanny but anyway, so he's lamenting not having been invited and how wonderful it is. Or so he's heard. I don't Faith kind of flirts with him. A little bit. Well, Buffy makes a point of being all grossed out by it. Fuck Willow flirts with him for that matter. Because Faith is like, huh, if I'd known they came that young and pretty, I would have asked for a transfer. And Buffy's like, uh, raise your hand if you. 
Xander pointedly discreetly raises his hand. He makes it look like he's scratching his face, but he's raising his hand. Willow is just smiling a big ass fucking smile and pointedly not raising her hand. She's like, no, I'd hit that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But we we seriously knew that already, right? I mean, she's a nerd. He's a librarian. It completely makes sense. Absolutely. No, he's definitely her type. But, you know, they're keeping it professional. Willow and Xander are super enamored by Faith. Why Willow's so enamored by Faith, I don't quite understand. But they're like, oh, Buffy, you have a makeup test to do. We'll go take Faith on a tour of the school. Well, she's uh, she's an automatic new friend. She's She's another Slayer. And we get this juxtaposition of going from Kendra. We go from Kendra, who's 50 times more uptight than Buffy and then flopping way to the other side of the spectrum. It like, it almost wraps around on the spectrum over to Faith, who's like the most liberated, like almost troublemaker, footloose and fancy free liberal. Yeah. Liberated. Yeah. Liberated. Yeah. You know where the word liberal comes from. It's interesting that the spectrum seemed to morph and put Buffy in the center of it. Yeah. But no, Faith's, Faith's a good time. She's, she's a delightful person. But Willow, Xander, and Faith leave. Buffy's feeling a bit dejected. Yeah. As, as she should. Giles again tries to get the story of Akathla out of her. Then we cut to the school hallway where the tour is commencing and Willow and Xander are telling faith stories about things that they dealt with in the school this part i get because how many people do willow and xander have that they can actually tell this shit to honestly yeah absolutely i would want to talk about all that crazy shit too so xander gives me one of my quotes of the day here he says they say kids these days don't learn anything in high school but i've learned to be afraid (laughs) (laughs) faith responds if i'd had friends like you in high school I probably still would have dropped out, but I probably would have been sad about it. And this is how we know that Faith is Canadian. Yep. Or at least Elijah Dushku is. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably mostly just Eliza Dushku being Canadian. I didn't bother to look it up, but I don't think think I really need to. I think she is Canadian. Hmm? I think she is Canadian. Well, there's no other excuse for the way... That that was not like a flaw, but she said fucking a boot. No, she definitely... That was unquestionably her real accent coming through she does it again later i didn't pick it up later she definitely does it again later i don't know if i wrote it down but it's the the first of two faith walks off to talk to scott cordy comes up well no faith walks off to get a drink of water right and cordy comes up and she even makes a joke about how how enamored with slayers xander is And she wants to cosplay as a slayer and Xander wants to take it to the dirty place. I've been saying we need to see Cordelia the Vampire Slayer regardless, but I will settle for Cordelia the Vampire Slayer cosplayer. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. And she means it as a jab at Xander, who immediately is like, please go. God, don't let that be sarcasm. Yeah, because she's like, oh, I could dress up in a short skirt and hold a steak to your neck, and he's all game. (laughs) Don't tease me. I kind of can't blame him on that one. Not even a little bit. So Faith is walking back from the 
water fountain and runs into Scott, who's just coming out of a class. Yep. And starts flirting flirting with him as her default mode. They're chatting. I think it turns into flirting later. I don't think that's necessarily her default mode. But this is when, of course, Buffy shows up and sees them flirting. And then Willow, it really surprised me. She was like, hey, and right in front of Buffy, she's like, hey, maybe Faith and Scott could hit it off. I mean, if you're done with him, not that you used him. And this is Willow foot in her mouth number four, four or five, Uh, three. It's at least four. First one was the picnic. Yep. Second one was the library with. Yeah. Where Giles Third was, was the bronze. Uh-huh. When she covered her face with fourth the cup. Fourth is this one. So yep. this is the fourth one. Yep, you're right. This is the fourth one. There it is. Cordy walks away saying, does anyone actually believe that's her real hair color? Anyway. Well, so Buffy walks up to the Faith and Scott situation, and I thought she was going to, you know, put herself in direct competition with Faith and be like, hey, Scott. So remember that time you asked me out? Well, I'm here to take you up on it right in front of Faith. But But she doesn't. That isn't what happened at all. She just pulls Faith away. And I think she handled that properly. Yeah. She has a legitimate reason for being like, hey, Faith, we got to go do this thing. But she did it out of jealousy. That still wouldn't have been the right reason to ask out Scott. So, no, I, I think you're right. Well, I think it would have smoothed it over a little more effectively had she answered Faith's question honestly when she said, is he seeing anybody? And she could have been like, well, actually, I'm kind of sort of, you know, trying to. Yeah. So, but she didn't. And they let that one go unattended to, which always works out well. Then we cut to the new bad guy's lair. Yeah. And the non-reveal of the fucking main bad guy here. In the entire limo scene, they had him completely shrouded in shadow. Yeah, I thought it was the mayor. I was like, oh, finally, we're getting the mayor. And it's not. No. And it's like, why did they go through all that fucking trouble of, like, hiding his face completely as they just show his face? Yeah, because I don't fucking remember anything about the mayor. Whenever he comes in, it's going to be a huge surprise to me. Anyway, so we're in the layer 3.0. Uh, Mr. Trick is talking about their setup in this town. He says that the entire city is wired for fiber optic and they want to jack in a T3 line to get 2,500 megs per 2,500 megabytes a second internet speed in fucking 1998. I'm so glad you got this part because I was like, nah, I don't want to worry about that. I, so how does that compare to today? And I'm the one with the A-plus certification. Christ almighty. My internet that I pay for has um, 100 megabytes a second. <laughs> oh, oh, fucking dude, it'll do. Okay. That's funny because I was thinking that I, I was gonna, like going to translate those numbers and be like, so this tech talk didn't really hold up over the years, but... Fucking no, no, no. He's actually like, here's what here's what's fucking brilliant about it. He mentions a T3 line, a T3 line. I don't know if they still use T3 lines, but back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, a T3 line was considered a business line. 
and business internet access. And the T3 line was what you got when you had a corporation that would have multiple fucking computers mm-hmm. hooked up to the internet through one fucking router. And a T3 line was meant for very high traffic internet processes. Okay. So he's actually not talking out his ass here. It definitely wasn't a Star Trek, we need to reroute power to the jerry tubes kind of bullshit. Um, it was always the deflector dish. To the deflector shields, that's right. The deflector dish. No, they did maintenance <sighs> in the jerry tubes. Never yes. mind. My bad. Excuse me. Fucking get your nerddom right, you asshole. Well, if you would bring the fucking wet noodles like I asked you to. I told you you have to put it on the list every fucking time. Why is that on me, Rex? What What did I? No, finish that sentence, goddammit. Now what? you want me to finish sentences? Well, there <laughs> is a change you. of pace. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that a hot dog on a stick is hiring. You will look so cute in that hat. But no, there is this great bit where there's a knock on the door and Mr. Trick puts on an elbow length fucking welding glove. <laughs> Walks over to the door and opens the door and grabs the a pizza delivery guy and sh- pulls him in and is like, oh, it's dinner time or lunchtime or whatever. This guy's addicted to fast food. Right. Now, I have two things to say. First of all, I did not put two and two together that that's why he put the glove on. And that's fucking hilarious to me right now. Um, but also, this is why I don't deliver pizzas anymore. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that. Like, hey guys, so what we want you to do is put a big glowing sign on your vehicle that's going to fuck up your paint and it's going to suck on your battery and your alternator and also says, hey everybody, I have food and money in this vehicle. Yeah. And anybody, literally anybody can call in and lure you to a destination of their choice. Yeah, they can, they can have you drive right to the field they're going to bury you in. Exactly. It's very convenient. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I think we should consider that. I'll get my giant rubber glove. <laughs> yes, I have one right here. It's bulky, but I consider it carry-on. <laughs> so... So from here, we cut to Buffy's house, <laughs> which we glazed over this. In the back of the library, uh, Buffy inadvertently invited Faith to dinner at her house. She's, she felt obligated to back in yeah. the library. Well, Willow made her feel obligated to specifically. Yeah? Yeah. It was a whole face and a nod and a kind of a quirky grin and all that. It was a whole thing. It was all body language. I'll take your word for it. This whole bit here, I hate Joyce. Me too. Go on. So Faith is talking about slaying in a very positive light. Mm-hmm. As she's wont to do because she's gung-ho for it and everything. And Joyce is all like, man, Buffy never talks about slaying like this. Buffy can be very negative sometimes. 
I'm sorry, but if Buffy talked about slaying the way Faith does, Joyce would be all about, you need to take this more seriously. It's dangerous. You need to be safe. She'd be like, I think you need to see a psychiatrist. You're enjoying this violence a little too much, Buffy. Maybe Snyder has a point. Yeah. And Joyce goes into the kitchen and Buffy follows her. She's obviously concerned about Faith kind of shouldering in on her life. And that's fair. Mm -hmm. But of course, Joyce is like, well, she's here now. Maybe you could just stop being the Slayer. Which, I mean, while that's obviously not the case... It makes sense, and especially with your extra theory that Buffy is the glitch because she's the one that died, that makes more sense. She really should have been stripped of her powers. And True. I completely agree with that. However, I will counteract my own fucking point. Okay. Buffy is the glitch, but, but. Buffy is also the slayer. Not as in the active slayer but she is the true slayer in that she is the most effective slayer thus fucking far they even say at some point in the in the series i can't remember where but they even say that she has lived the longest Hmm. and most slayers don't live but like a year or so really yeah because i mean that puts the whole once a generation thing kind of well they go through generations fast yeah that's a short fucking generation (laughs) i mean what really designates generation it's arbitrary yeah bit arbitrary the, the point being is she is a very effective vampire slayer more so than any vampire slayer we are introduced to in any timeline given with this show and also i think uh to bolster your argument here, I like I completely agree, but I think having seen Kendra versus Faith, Buffy is that perfect middle of the road, likes to have fun, and doesn't get her head too far up her ass about it either. Yeah, Buffy very, very rarely gets fucking cocky. She's got a really happy medium thing going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Buffy accidentally lets slip to Joyce... That she fucking died once and that's why there's a second Slayer. Mm. And Joyce is very upset about this, as kind as she should be. Well, actually, Joyce connected the dots really quickly because Buffy said, you know, we can only get another Slayer if a Slayer dies. She didn't tell Joyce that there can be, that there's only supposed to be one Slayer. But Joyce connected it and then she's like, what, you died? And she's like, only for a couple of minutes. (laughs) The context makes this line okay, but Joyce does say the line of, I hate your life. (laughs) She was only mostly dead. (laughs) And then we cut to the Slayers patrolling. In a construction area at nighttime. Faith is like, hey, haven't we been down here before? And Buffy has a very good point of like, sometimes the vampires show up after you've patrolled an area. Right. Faith started getting a little too judgy, specifically about Buffy's biggest sore spot, which is Angel. And trying to tell her that she needs to get over it, but she's not. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Faith, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Overstepping your damn boundaries. 
There is a reason none of the other Scoobies, with the exception of Giles and the very tactful way that he has done it, has brought up what fucking happened with Angel because they understand that she is going to talk about that when she is fucking good and well ready to talk about it. Fucking good and well ready. Or when Giles tricks her into it. Oops, spoilers. And so they're about to get into some fisticuffs here and then... Three or four red shirt vampires attack. Four specifically because Buffy kills one quick. They both killed one right off the bat and then Buffy's handling two while Faith is beating the ever loving fuck out of one. That's five. It's a pretty good fucking sequence of fighting here. It's all right. Um, but I'll let you handle that. I normally check out during fight scenes. But here's the problem. Faith just fucking starts pummeling the shit out of the vampire that she is fighting (laughs) and Buffy gets ganged up by two of the vamps you know what Faith did Rex what she opened up that vampire's asshole (laughs) she stepped inside and she closed the door behind her did she leave Snickers wrappers several several like three or four like that girl's gonna go into like anaphylactic shock damn yeah (laughs) that's when you know that she's fucking serious yeah. left behind some insulin shots and oh god ah oh that's way too much sugar <laughs> proof that i'm a 35 year old man i think about the sugar content of food yeah that's that's about the age where <laughs> you find yourself saying that a little too often that's too much sugar i'm dating i am having serious dating with a werewolf and I'm studying witchcraft and and killing vampires. It's like a drug. So anyway, while they're fighting the vampires, one of them is like, Conquisto says we'll live. Conquisto says you'll die. Buffy beats him upside the head with a two by four and kills one of them. Yep. I was like, wait, so I thought I was going crazy. I was like, doesn't that mean with cheese? Are they ordering tacos? His his name. There's a lot of fast food going on in this episode. It was entirely possible that Taco Bell paid for this scene. It's Conquistos. Yeah, I, I said Conquistos, which, you know, Conqueso is with cheese. I'm fine with that. It's back to the school. It's Buffy and Giles. They're talking about Faith. She's giving giles the rundown of their hunt last night and how faith beat the pulp out of a vampire without killing it and buffy actually had to kill it which is nothing buffy's never done before right but buffy wasn't also you know didn't have other people she needed to be responsible for at the time right and she says of faith she's not playing with a full deck she has almost no deck she has a three. <laughs> I love that line. Which works because she's also a bit of a wild card. Specifically, a three. So yeah. Giles mentions that, oh, he needs to get a hold of her watcher. The retreat is eight hours behind. He gets a little wispy about not being at the retreat. And he goes, I used to love a good kayak. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I could not relate because my last experience with a kayak, I fell out into one of the nastiest rivers on the planet at the top of a dam. And uh, I mean, I was fine, but I haven't been kayaking since and I'm fine with that. But yeah, this is when they Buffy mentions to Giles Cacristos. 
She says, man, one of those vampires was really all about kissing toast. <laughs> and I was like, aha, it wasn't just me. I definitely heard something about kissing toast with cheese. And and Giles was Giles was like, ah, no, a concristos or or Monte Cristo, which is a sandwich. Yeah. Also. Cristo. Cristo. And so he runs off and he looks that up. So Buffy thinks maybe Mr. With Cheese and Faith showing up concurrently is not a coincidence. Also, she doesn't believe in leprechauns. There's two things that she doesn't believe in. That's coincidence and leprechauns. Please, somebody tell me that eventually leprechauns come into play. I was really, I'm really (laughs) hoping that there's a leprechaun episode later. There needs to be. Don't ruin it for me. I don't know if there is. But I'm holding out. I hope there is. There really needs to be now. Everything else fucking exists. And Buffy's like, but I was right about the leprechaun thing, right? He's like, uh, to the best of my knowledge, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the hallway. And Where Buffy runs into Scott again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she she finally says yes to him. She's like, you know what? I'm sorry. You're a super cool guy. And she really does have a crush on him. She thinks he's super cute and super nice, and she's like, yeah. I, I need to give you a chance. I mean, she makes it clever by saying she needs to give that band they're talking about a chance. But Yeah, uh, Buster Keaton, specifically. Yeah, she's like, I don't think I've given Buster Keaton enough of a chance, and it's clever and whatnot. But. But what? Scott fucks it up unknowingly and gives her a fucking colada ring. So... Yeah, he may as well have just given her a big old fucking pineapple with a bottle of rum in a little ring box. No, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> not a pina colada ring. I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just kidding. But I think he's moving a little quick regardless. Yeah. Like, Even if it's a friendship ring. Like, dude, you haven't gone on a date. A date. And you're buying her a piece of fucking jewelry. Hey, you said yes to me to our first date. Let's fly to Vegas. Yeah, bit much there, Scott. No, you don't bit even much. give somebody a friendship ring, even if they're legitimately just a platonic friend, until you've been friends for, like, years. Yeah, bit much, first off. But second off, that Colada ring means something specific, and she freaks out. Congratulations, Scott. You're unoriginal. Get the fuck out. So, Giles walks in on this. A horrible timing. Yeah. Buffy pulls away as he tries to comfort her by touching her, which you can't do that, Giles. You'll get sued. Yep. He informs Buffy that Faith's watcher is dead. Yeah. Not at the retreat. Just fucking dead. Just dead. So then we cut to the motel that you take hookers to. Faith's shitty motel or hostel or whatever the fuck it was. It was a motel. Okay. Buffy informs Faith that Mr. With Cheese is in town. Faith Faith wants to fucking skedaddle. Faith did not know that, and she immediately starts packing, and also proving very quickly that she's a bit of a hypocrite, considering the way she criticized Buffy's issues. Proof that the entire fucking uber-confident, carefree, I'm liberal, I'm out there, look at me, look at me, is a fucking goddamn mask one big show absolutely and you know what 
I know a lot of fucking people like that. And and maybe that's why I find it so off-putting is because it's never just what it seems. It's right? always covering up some deeper issues. And that sucks. But anyway, so she's walking out the door and Buffy's like, you can't run. He'll just chase you. And she's like, that's what the head start is for. But he's literally just standing there yep. at the door. There's a knock on the door and Faith looks through the peephole and sees the fucking skeevy manager's face. And he's obviously dead looking at him through the peephole. Yeah, he did not look okay. She opens the door and obviously conquistador cloven hoof bastard is holding him in front of the fucking people, which, you know, kind of clever. Mr. With Cheese. And yes, Mr. With Cheese. Mr. Trick. Conquistador with Cheese. So somehow they manage to get the door closed again. Yep. And um, even though he breaks open the door immediately, they manage to make it to the bathroom where they break out the window and both leap out into the alleyway. I do like uh, Buffy's line here. She says, scream later, escape now. That's a good motto. That's good advice. Yeah. Advice to live by. Because otherwise you'll die. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but they they escape out the bathroom window. They take off running. And this is about the time that Buffy instills upon Faith the first rule of slaying. Don't die. Don't die. Good advice. Did we decide that that would be our motto for the podcast? You know, Don't I die? think we did. I'm very partial to stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box, personally. I am. I am also fond of that that's kind of already my motto i i say we just go with that that will be the end of our friendship <laughs> when you bury me alive in a box yes <laughs> i think by definition <laughs> they find themselves in conquistador with cheese's lair and let me ask you this how the fuck did his lair end up literally a block and a half from the fucking motel that faith was staying at it's a small town. I guess. They're both slayers. They can both run faster than Giles's car. <laughs> well, you're not wrong on that count. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry you has a wind. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So, yeah, they randomly jump through a window to hide. Buffy chooses this time specifically to start grilling Faith about what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And we get this short, quick story about Mr. With Cheese killing Faith's watcher and how she had to watch. And it was awful and horrifying. It felt like shoehorned plot shit to me. Yep. So they break in because the moment that they realize, oh, shit, we're in their lair. The fucking vampires show up. All sorts of random red shirt vampires start fighting them. I did like how randomly right around the fight starting, Buffy looks over to Faith and goes, Faith, don't die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that was her plan. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, at the time she was cowering on the floor, waiting eh. for Mis waiting for Mr. Witchies to start pummeling her in the face repeatedly. That is true. And... He did just that. My favorite fucking part, though, with this whole bit is Mr. Trick comes up, sees <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. And like, it looks like he's about to jump into the fight. He's like, he says, if we don't do something, the master will get killed. Well, my prayers are with him. 
<laughs> and I was like, as before he finished his line, I was like, ooh, Ixnay on the Astrome. Ah, no, we don't know. No more of that. And then he brought it home and he pulled a total spike moment. And it was beautiful. He really did. And it made me actually really kind of like Mr. Trick as a character. Um, like, not somebody I want to hang out with, but for the purposes of the show. He's a good side villain. Yes, he's a fun side villain. I like him now, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Because I don't think we're done with him yet. Oh, we're not. I didn't think so. So, then Buffy's fighting Mr. Witchies. Yep. And stabs him like two or three times in the chest with a, a... Small wooden stake. Right. And but he's, he's too old and tough. He's got such a thick fucking sternum, apparently. Like, he forgot to leave his sternum on the shelf when he was either that or he's the one who keeps the sternums because he's yeah. like the oldest. Keeps all the sternums. So he has a sternum collection. He has his choice of premium sternums at his disposal. And they all have with cheese. <laughs> and Buffy was not used to vampires <laughs> having sternums. You see. So right. he said, you're going to need a bigger steak. So Faith kills him with a two by four. It was a very <laughs> large steak. You know what's funny about this? So I was in a very, very low budget college film called Veto Power. Oh, God. And it's so bad. <laughs> there's a scene in the end of this movie where one of the main villains, who was like an undercover scientist, the guy who played him is actually... <laughs> Um, doing really well as an actor in New York right now. Well, fuck that guy. No, I love that guy. He Of all the people I went to college with, he deserves it the most. Um, well, he was tell a, him to promote our podcast. I was actually thinking about that. Anyway, no, there's this scene where uh, the main character throws an I-beam... Like a, oh my a sheared off eye beam, approximately the size of this two by four, through the scientist's chest. And I had forgotten. <laughs> I feel so old, but I was trolling through my Facebook p- photos the other day, and apparently I built that eye beam. What? Out of styrofoam and paint, and I built it, and I don't remember doing it. <laughs> I don't remember making this prop, but there's a picture of me with the caption saying, Josh building the I-beam. Isn't this fascinating, <laughs> the shit we forget? <laughs> I, I think it, there was a multi-step process, and I didn't do the whole thing. Somebody else painted it, but right. I had a hand in it, and I was like, I don't remember doing that. Anyway, so she rams this huge motherfucking sharpened four by four through his chest and dusts him just like a normal vampire. Yep. And then Buffy looks at her and goes, you hungry? (laughs) She's starved. And they walk off. I was, they left that wide open for some kind of sex joke. Right. Because she always, Faith made it a point. She always gets hungry and horny. Yep. So we cut to the library. Apparently, Faith is there to stay till she can get a new watcher. Uh, Buffy finally breaks down and tells Giles and Willow about what actually happened to Angel. He kind of twists her arm into it, really, because she knows that that's the last piece of the puzzle. And Giles knowingly puts her into a situation that forces it out of her. I think, though, he did it for good reason. Because, A, he could tell that she was withholding. Yeah. 
B. I'm not judging him for it. Oh, it was genius. Yeah. And so Willow is like, but Giles, I can really help you with this binding spell. And he says, there is no spell. Yep. And I'm like, you tricksy, limey bastard. I love you. Yep. Then we go, we're back in the school. Buffy asks Scott out. Yeah. You think he's going to shoot her down. He takes three steps. He's like, oh, let me think on this. Takes three steps. He's like, okay, I thought about it. This Let's is go. where This is where he really needed some acting coaching from Nicholas Brendan. Yeah. Because this was a total Xander moment that he did not pull off even slightly. No, like, he, he looked did not. super serious when he was like, you know what, Buffy? You've just jerked me around too much at this point. I'm going to have to think about it okay i thought about it you can take me now and i'm like wow that's just jarring and i feel yeah. uncomfortable now so then we cut to the castle the uh uh the mansion the mansion castle where all the shit went layer down. 2.0 layer 2.0 yes yes where we wrapped up last season with Angel and Spike and Drusilla. And Buffy leaves the Colada ring that Angel had given her. She lays it down. It's very somber, dulcet tones of yep. a of a goodbye to Angel scene. She leaves. And the spotlight shines down on the ring and the music spins up and says, If you like pina coladas. No, that's not what happens at all. An angel raining from hell. Angel shows up naked Terminator-esque almost. Very (laughs) Terminator-esque. They showed his ass. They did. Was that a stunt double? Was that a stunt ass? I don't know what his ass looks like, so how the fuck could I tell? (laughs) (laughs) You, You didn't study a bunch of Google images and run it through filters? Christ, Rex. What am I even paying you for? Anyway, ger fucking arg. Ger arg. Is this from me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Alright then, Josh. What is your quote of the day? My quote of the day. And I did legitimately think about this. I I still have to give it to Mr. Trick. If we don't do something, <laughs> the master will get killed. Well, my prayers are with him. Because for a new villain that I didn't find particularly enjoyable, he brought it home and he sold it. Well, actually, I did I did like his opening scene. No, I, I really liked him in he's, this. He's got personality. He's got spunk. Um, we've got a new Slayer, and we've got a new villain, and they've both got some damned spunk, and I think that was that was a good moment. So my quote of the day is the line that Buffy and her mom have. Buffy saying to Snyder, uh, so I'm really back in school because the school board overruled you. Wow, that's like having your whole ability to do your job called into question. And Joyce saying, I think what my daughter is trying to say is, na 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 na. <laughs> it's a moment of like support that we get from Joyce that we haven't really gotten much of. Yeah. That we really needed. I- exactly. I I agree. So how'd you feel about this episode? I thought this episode was jam-packed and chock full of just fun shit. 
and it was plot heavy. The only thing I could really complain about with this episode is it might have been a little too dense. It wasn't too dense for me to handle, so... No, I completely agree. Like, I've been watching Game of Thrones (laughs) recently, and I'm still on season two, and that shit is just (laughs) unpalatable dense. Right. I'm having a tough time getting through it because I don't care who's who your lineage is, and I don't know who the fuck all these people are yet, and I'm halfway through season two, and I'm like, why? But no, didn't have that problem. I, I thought this was a fantastically entertaining and juicy episode. Faith's introduction to the show, there's nuance to it, there's good story to it, there's actual deep characterization to her and the surrounding situation that we did not get with Kendra at all. In comparison, the the character of Faith versus the character of Kendra for the little that we've seen Faith on screen, not that we saw Kendra very much, but the just the the sheer difference in quality of character writing between the two is monumentally different and i fucking loved it yeah super dense but not too dense like you said yeah excellent fucking episode yeah i think this was a quality ass episode i approve this has been beer with buffy find us on facebook and twitter give us a call at 269-743-0783 you can even text that number and not just leave a voicemail but also leave a voicemail And if we particularly like what you have, we'll put it on the air, maybe. Why not both? Why not? Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Find us on iTunes. Give us a review. It's the number one way that you can help out our podcast. Thank you to Ben Alexander for our excellent theme music and our new composer for our transition music, Reggie Page. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. done why are we watching this